Hey there, PMP fans. Welcome to episode 19. We want to remind you to please subscribe wherever you get your pods and give us a like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Points Penalties. My name is Yosh, and with me are my co-hosts Pedro, Sneezy, and Nivik. Nivik, what are you drinking tonight? Just going old. I'm drinking the good old bush brewed here in Canada, as it says. It's a 4.7, so... No, it's okay. I don't mind it. I had a bunch of those earlier, bud. That was my primer for today. It's been a primer for me for a while now, I guess. So, Pedro, what are you drinking, my friend? Thanks, Kev. I am drinking a Thornbury Craft Brewing. It's called a Clark is in Session Session IPA. 4.5%. And I got it because there's a great big pig on the, on the can. Babe. And I thought I thought it was pretty cool. I don't know if there's a backstory to if that's Clark or what that means. I don't know, but it's pretty good. Jesse, what are you drinking? I went to the Collective Arts, the one that Kev was drinking a while back. And mine is called IPA number 16. It's called the International Women's Day Elderflower and Grapefruit IPA. Now, don't it's pretty don't good. to take the picture. So you can get the songs off the back of it, right? Right, right. Yeah, I got to do that too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so 6.3, strong beer for International Women's Day, which is different. I didn't think they drink a whole lot of beer, but maybe they do. That's sexist. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not, man. They, it's a strong beer. It's 6.3. <laughs> No, I'm saying they do this is this isn't sexist because it is a strong. Well, beer. boys, okay. I'm doing a repeat. Josh, today. what are you drinking? I'm going with a Chevchenko Nine from Forefathers Brewing, just down the road here uh, in Cambridge. It's uh, it's pretty good. It's a Euro Dark Lager, a Ukrainian Dunkel. Pretty good. Had it before, liked it. Having it again because I liked it makes sense, right? Five percent, nothing crazy. Tasty, tasty beer. Tasty, tasty beer. So, guys, nice uh, Sunday afternoon. Did you guys spend a little time in the sun? Show. No, a little bit. Right, Just a right little on. bit. Well, I worked my ass off in the backyard because that's what you got to do when you're a homeowner. It sucks, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> I decided drinking this weekend. not to do that this weekend. I had a big bon I had a big bonfire and made a bunch of food and decided nice. Eh, the backyard. Well, I had a guest away. over last night in the backyard with like, nice and safe. Kevin and his wife came over. We had a little barbecue, had a little fire, and we watched the leaf game outside. It was pretty cool. Brought my old CRT TV outside and we were able to watch the Leafs lose. Which sucked, but uh you know. So Peter. I know there's other NHL stuff to talk about the Maple Leafs. Why don't we start off with that? Yeah, we're going to start off with the fun stuff, I'm going to call it, and then get into the Leafs after because it's depressing. So let's start with the update of round one. So just to go through the winners of the series because round one is all but wrapped up except for the one series that ought to have been on Saturday night and two nights before that on Thursday night, but it's not. 
So anyway, the Bruins won their series, like we already knew, against the Caps. The Isles won against the Pens. The Avs swept the Blues. Yeah. Vegas wins in seven against the Wild. The Lightning took down the Panthers in six. The Canes win in six. The Jets swept the Oilers. And I think our last podcast, they were up 3-0. They did complete the sweep. So I just want to shout out to myself because I was uh, six for seven on those predictions. Picked all the winners right, you know, all except for the Jets. And hopefully it's going to be seven for eight when the Leafs win their game tomorrow. They better win. <laughs> so that brings us into round two. Uh, round two matchups, the Bruins and the Isles. So they played one game already. The Bruins are up one nothing in this series. I got the Bruins winning this series. I can see it either being very close and being sort of a defensive struggle and going to like a game seven, or the Bruins just absolutely dummying the Islanders. One of those two. Bruins roll them. Yeah, I think so too. There, there's no chance this series goes short for, with the Islanders winning. Kane's Lightning is the next series. This is actually going to be a really good series. I agree. Two powerhouse teams. Either of these teams could easily win the cup if they win this series. I get the Lightning, but I think it's going to be really close. I think that that's going to be your big one. I think that's going to be the most exciting games to watch is those the, the Canes-Lightning. Well, I agree, but also the uh, next series, Vegas and the Avalanche. That series also has all kinds of potential to be a fantastic series. They're both really good teams. They're both playing well. And they're Quinn Stanley, Josh, your pick, and Kevin, your pick, to win the cup, playing against each other. So one of you Kevin. is getting knocked out this round. No way. <laughs> uh, well, the only thing that's going to hurt me on this is, like, I, I went back and thought about this because I was in a, I guess, a drunken state. I kind of stuck my foot in my mouth in regards to chirping. Who would ever want to have the president's trophy? Because it's nothing but a bad curse. And here I am taking the Colorado Avalanche to win it all. And they won the fucking president's trophy. So that could, you know, bite me in the ass. So we'll see. But don't you contradict yourself constantly? I do. <laughs> it's a senile thing in me, man. I mean... Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, understand. Yeah. Jesse, when you get to that age, it'll happen to you too, don't worry. Yeah, and, and then <laughs> I might remember to sit there and laugh at you or give you shit about it, all right? <laughs> you might That's remember. That's right, yes. might remember. <laughs> so I'm team Kev on this one. I think the abs are going to pull out this series. But I, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's probably going seven and it could go either way. It's going to be a real good series, I think. I think it's going to be a great series. For sure. I think Fleury is going to stand on his head and shut the door. Flowers going to do prediction. it. Yep. I don't know about that, man. Yeah, it's going to be a tough task if he does. Those abs are uh, high-flying offense. Does Kadri come back, or has he actually had this little, you know, fight between his games that, he's, uh, that he got for the eight? The appeal, yeah. which he's not allowed to play in, as we made sure of. As far as I understand, he's still at eight games, but right. I'm not, Good. I haven't seen any updates other than that. Um, and they only, I guess he played two of those, or he counted two of those eight games in the last series, I think. I think so. Because they. So he's down to six. Yeah. So even if this series doesn't go to seven games, then he won't play. And the last series is the Jets and fucking to be determined. 
should have been determined already. I'm very upset about it, if you can't tell. <laughs> but it's the Jets against either the Leafs or the Habs, depending on the result of Game 7 tomorrow night. Peter, you can come join me here in the loser circle, like with because my pen's lost, which I picked to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, that was a bad choice. <laughs> I'm not a hockey guy. <laughs> I went with the last time I watched like the end of the Stanley Cups, I think, was when the Pittsburgh won. I have not watched all the St- the last Stanley Cups in a while. So I was talking about the Leafs. They're going to game seven. I think they're probably actually cursed because I can't believe they couldn't close out the Canadians in either of the last two games. In my opinion, a loss in this game seven is probably the most, for sure, the most disappointing loss going back to the 4-1 game against Boston in 2013. Maybe even going back longer. Like, that was a monumental collapse, obviously, in Game 7, so that is extremely painful. But that team shouldn't have won that series. This team this year should win this series, and it's very upsetting that they're not out of the first round yet very leafy of them to drag us all through this. Pull up the hard strings. Yeah. They are uh, escalating stress levels and heart conditions in this city, in this province, in this country. (laughs) So this will be their first Game 7 at home since 2004 when they beat the Senators. So that's at least a small positive out of this. All the Game 7s they've played in the past decade have been on the road. Okay, but was... Was this the out of the first round against Ottawa? Yeah, yeah, it was. I, I don't know. I don't know if it was or not. It, yeah, it was. Because yeah. that it was because that's the curse round. right now. They can't get out of the first round, right? That's the ongoing curse. Right if, now. if I do recall, though, Ottawa was actually number one that year, and Toronto was like basically last, and they actually destroyed Ottawa. No, impossible. Because they were at home for Game Seven. The Leafs would have been better. Bang. Boom. Sure, challenge, but whatever. Is that a challenge? No, I was going to say. No. So let's carry on. So the Leafs are 0-7 in series clinching games now, going back to 2013. That sucks. How many are in the first round? Seven. (laughs) Of seven. (laughs) So all I have to say is just fucking win, boys. And... This podcast won't actually be released until after the game has happened. So you can go back and listen to the rantings of a crazy man who is either... Might have committed suicide. <laughs> Maybe not that serious, but it might be uh, might be in a hole somewhere not doing too well. It's not going to go as far as burning jerseys and stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. As long as they fucking win, none of that will have to happen. So they got here, they they were one and one when we recorded the last podcast. So they won games three and four in Montreal to take a, a commanding 3-1 series lead. And then game five, they went down three-nothing in the first first two periods, I think. Uh, they were able to come back and tie the game with a couple of Jake Muzzin goals, brought it to overtime, and quickly in overtime, I think it was in the first minute. Bad turnover by Galchenyuk at the offensive blue line. Let's do a 2 on 0 with Suzuki and Caulfield. And it's in the back of the net. Game's over. Maybe Galchenyuk should have stayed on the taxi squad. 
Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. He's actually he's he's been he's been playing good, but that 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 turnover was bad, 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 bad. I don't know what he was thinking. There was a lot of turnovers that 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 series. I mean, didn't uh, Sendin have a, like two turnovers as well? Yeah, he had two turnovers that directly led to goals in that game, and got benched for the next game because of it. And then here we are with Dermot. You put him in there, and what does he do? Well, so in Game Six, Saturday night's game, they play. They came out of the gates just awful. Montreal was all over them. They didn't have any uh, any step to their game. They were slower. They were not as physical. They were just getting completely run over. But Campbell stood on his head, and they were able to keep the score 0-0 through the first and through the second. They got us in, into some penalty trouble in the third and got scored on twice. First one, they challenged for goaltender interference, which was a bad challenge. And that led to another penalty, which on that penalty, Marner threw the puck over the glass, because why not? Give him a nice long five on three. <laughs> and, of course, they score on the five on three to go up to nothing, with something like half the third period left. Miraculously, they were able to come back and force overtime again. Overtime went pretty long. I think it was almost a full overtime period. And the Leafs were actually dominating the overtime. They were playing better than, than Montreal. So hopefully that rolls into game seven. But they couldn't uh, couldn't put the puck in the back of the net. And then there was a bad turnover by Dermott inside his blue line. Quick pass into the middle. Shot off Bogosian. Fast Campbell. And then game over again. So... Here we are. We're in game seven. Muzzin got injured on Saturday night. I think he pulled a nut. When I saw that, <laughs> I think he grabbed that his right. I think he grabbed his right uh, right side. So I think he uh, yeah, definitely pulled a nut. Yeah, might have pulled a nut or something. He was just skating back for a puck and pulled up. Not good. So we don't know if he's playing tomorrow, game seven or not. We'll see. Hopefully he plays because, in my opinion, he's the number one defenseman on the team. And we'll see if he plays or not, and they better fucking win. How much effect do you think the fans in Montreal had on the Leafs? Yeah, so they there was 2,500 fans in the building last night. The first time there's been fans in a Canadian building since March of 2020. And the building was rocking for the amount of people that were in there. Credit to the Habs fans for that. They definitely made 2,500 people sound louder than 2,500 people would expect to sound. But that's to be expected with the first game in over a year with being able to actually get in the building. I think it probably did play a significant impact on on how the teams were going. Probably why Montreal got off to such a hot start and the Leafs did not. But it's, it's a game six in a playoff series where you have a chance to knock out a team. It shouldn't matter if if the building is full and it's the first time it's happened in over a year. You should be ready to play. You should be geared up, ready to go from the first puck drop. Yeah. So not good enough, in my opinion. I'm sure the crowd had an impact, but I don't know if that is because the immaturity of the, the Leafs team, maybe. I don't know. And they got lots of leadership on the team, and they've been through this a couple times now, but they haven't been able to win anything yet. So 
I definitely think the crowd had an impact, but I don't think it shows. And I'm just going to bring up too that the 69% of the team that wins game one moves on. Got the Habs on game one. Yep. Glad you brought that That's up. Great bud. number. Yeah. If you get. If you, if, you, if you flip it, it's the same fucking right thing. Now. You can flip it again, it's the same fucking number. You know, there's many times you turn it. <laughs> Thanks, Tips. <laughs> uh, fuck. So, anyway, there's lots of video footage from outside the game as well last night, um, as Montreal just came off of lifting their curfew. And it looked like a proper playoff atmosphere outside that game outside the Bell Center last night. That was cool to see. It was nice to get back to some feeling of normalcy. So hopefully that'll uh, that'll be a trend going forward, and hopefully we can see more fans in more Canadian buildings. Maybe this playoff. Probably not, but maybe. Probably not in Ontario, right, Peter? Probably not, but maybe. I'm, I'm talking because they might lose tomorrow. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> Not, nothing to do with the pandemic. <laughs> you guys can't see, but Pete's crying right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just have no words. No words to say. Just Al Davis said it best. Just win, baby. Just fucking win. Get out of the first round, please. No, I think they're going to stretch that uh, 0-7 record. Clinching games. Might as well make it double digit. Like, like might as well. You're you're already almost there. Um, don't do that to me. <laughs> Please don't do that. So last bit of NHL news. Wayne Gretzky has resigned as vice chairman of the Edmonton Oilers. It's because he's not going to have enough time to fulfill that role anymore. Because he's going to join the panel on TNT. I think he's good friends with Barkley. And I think he was an instrumental part of sort of luring him in to, to sign up for this. Um, so it'll be fun to see. I'm, I'm excited to watch a bit of NHL on TNT. I think it's going to be fun. It'll be interesting to see what, what type of things that Gretzky says as an analyst, just because you don't hear him in that, you know, in that mode very often. So it'll be kind of cool to see him uh, break stuff down and, and explain some stuff and uh, this, that, and the other thing. So yeah, I I am not really I'm not excited to watch hockey on TNT because I think it's going to be a shit show. You're going to see like the camera is going to be brutal. I just don't think it's going to be good at all. Uh, but the uh, the intermission stuff and just being able to watch Gretz could be pretty cool. I think. So he's just on the panel. He's not going to be com. He's he's not being commentating or anything like that. No, and I don't even know if he's like full time on the panel. From the stuff I saw, it was like for some key events and through the playoffs and the Winter Classic, that kind of thing. See, I would think it'd be pretty neat to see him on the panel. Like, he's not a character or anything like that, but he, it'd be neat to see. Like, he kind of reminds me of like the, I, I'm not saying Tony Romo was like super good, but he'll be like Tony Romo out there if he was commentating, kind of thing like that. How the, where the puck goes and everything like that. But I guess in NFL, you can, you can, dissect what's going to happen when he sees yeah. everything, all the, all the formations and everything like that. Whereas in NHL is just way too fast. For sure. Yeah. But you might be right. Like if they're breaking something down in the intermission, they might have some slow-mos or something and he might have some real good insight that 
other people might not necessarily see or be able to comment on. It'd be fun. It'd be def- definitely interesting because I, I really don't see Gretzky being that a person that likes to the talk. Like I can I can see him like be beat red in the face, like nervousness. I just I don't know. It's just me. He was like a very shy dude, and I don't think this is. Oh, we'll see. It'd be fun to watch. I don't think it'll be beat red. I think like like I said, he's not a character or anything like that. He's just gonna give you like facts. Like this is this is what I would do, or this is what I see when they're going up the ice, kind of thing like that. Yeah, he's to what Kevin's saying. He's soft spoken, but I think he's he's been in the limelight since he was like fucking fourteen years old. So I don't think he's gonna have any real issues being on on the panel or on camera or anything. No, it just uh, but yeah, he's not he's not gonna be full of hot takes. Like Jesse said, he's gonna be sort of breaking down the facts and sort of providing his insight. All right, guys, let's jump on into the NBA. It is also playoff time for basketball. And I'm just going to kind of update you on the series, just as Peter did with the NHL. The 76ers are up 3-0 on the Wizards right now. Not really surprising. Yeah. Uh, with, a, with a dominant force there in Embiid, it's going to be tough for Washington to uh, to beat that team. Westbrook can only do so much. He can only, you know, those triple doubles only go so far when they're. He finally got one in the playoffs. Did he? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. The last game he got a, a triple double. So good on him, but not enough, obviously. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be enough. They, they got a long way to go now. So Brooklyn up 2 1 over Boston. They play tonight. Uh, actually, I believe they are playing right now or they start very soon, uh, being Sunday evening. I was wrong in my prediction of no sweeps in the first round with Milwaukee sweeping Miami. So far, that's the only one that I got wrong. And the only option is for Philadelphia here to to, uh, sweep Washington. Hopefully that doesn't happen just so I was only wrong on one and not two, but (laughs) who knows? Who knows? I actually, I thought Miami was going to put up a bigger fight here. Especially being in the, especially being in the finals last year. Evidently, Giannis is too strong, and he pretty much carried the team to uh, to the four victories. So, no real surprise there, I guess, with with Giannis. But like I said, I, I thought Miami would put up a little bit more of a fight. Uh, the four five matchup, New York and Atlanta, is back and forth type thing. It's been a pretty good series. Did play this afternoon on Sunday here, and Atlanta won, so they take a commanding three one lead. I think everybody in New York was just happy to make the playoffs. And even if they lose this round, I think they're still going to just be happy. Like, Hey, we finally made the playoffs in X amount of years. So. Did you see um, some of the footage from Madison square garden after they won that game? They've been going insane at MSG since they started since tip off in game one type thing. Like, yeah, it, it was like they won game seven in the finals. <laughs> it was yeah, they're absolutely loving it. It's going to be like when the Jets win a couple games this year. <laughs> for sure. Just New York's going to be going nuts. Yeah, man, for sure. It's uh you know, it's interesting. It, they they did fairly well in the the whole uh the whole regular season here and to be down 3-1, you know, not it's not crazy, but I would have thought that uh we'd be looking at a a seven-game series here and we very well could be, but uh, it's going to be tough now that Atlanta just needs the one W, so but I guess Look at uh, the Maple Leafs. They only need one W to, and they lost two games in a row. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
So hopping on over to the West, Utah, Memphis. Utah has got a 2-1 lead. I think Utah had underestimated Memphis. I think everybody has really underestimated Memphis. They are playing pretty well. John Morant is looking like an absolute superstar and uh, showing the reason why he won the Rookie of the Year a couple years ago there. A series that uh, is quite interesting is a 2-7 matchup. Phoenix and L.A., the Lakers. You, when you think of a 2-7, you don't think too much of it. You figure, out oh, that two seed's probably going to walk away with it. But this is the L.A. Lakers, and this is LeBron James. And it is uh, currently tied 2-2. They did play Sunday afternoon, and Phoenix did win to uh, to tie it up. And so now it's a best of three. Davis got hurt, though. Well, I mean, they the Lakers have been dealing with injuries the entire year. If it's not one guy, it's another. So I feel like they just – they all just move on. They just keep on keeping on. And maybe you see Drummond play a little bit more. Speaking of Andre Drummond, did you guys see him at all in some of the videos where he is mimicking LeBron as LeBron's playing? It is so fucking <laughs> funny. So funny. Yeah. So LeBron will be doing whatever his moves here and there, doing whatever. And and here's Drummond on the fucking sideline doing exactly the same thing, pulling up with the fadeaway jumpers and everything. It was so funny. He did it a few times. Is it like Vladdy with that it's one exactly picture? Exactly the same thing. Vladdy with Ben yep. Jan. <laughs> exactly the same thing. That's yeah, awesome. it was pretty funny. Yeah. Next up, we've got my hopeful finals champions, the Denver Nuggets. They are tied 2-2 with the Portland Trailblazers. This series is very, very tight. Both teams are really good. And when you've got the shooting with uh, Damian Lillard and whatnot, obviously Denver has Jokic. But this has been a tight series the whole way. And I don't know what's going to happen here. I, I really hope that I'm not bounced in the first round like Jesse and the Penguins, but. Like, like Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> but who knows? And who knows? Portland is a very good team and they could easily uh, take out Denver, you know, same, same vice versa. So uh, we'll, we'll have to see how that rolls out over the next few days. Well, the West has been really exciting. The games there for. It kind of reminds me of what happened a couple of years ago in the East where like the East was like, you knew there was a couple top teams, but it's been good games. Like everyone's pretty even for the most part so far, like Utah, I think more or less just slipped up on Memphis and they'll run away with the rest of that. I personally, I think, but it's way more exciting than I find than watching the East. Well, next game or next series that has been pretty pretty exciting is the Clippers versus the Mavericks. I'm not sure what most people thought. Maybe they probably figured that the Clip was going to run away with this, but Luka Doncic is the future of the NBA. This man is lights fucking out. He can do everything. He can shoot threes. He can drive. He, he does everything. He's maybe not the greatest free throw shooter, but he can work on that. But the Clip are down 2-1 to Dallas. They play tonight, that being Sunday night. It is the last game of the evening. And this will be an interesting game. If Dallas can pull out a win here, and they they will put the Clip on the ropes, and things would not be going very well for Kawhi at all after leaving Toronto. And wouldn't that be a I told you so moment where he maybe should have stayed in Toronto. And who knows, maybe they could have won last year and this year. Who knows? Who knows when you add a guy that that kind of quality or keep a guy of that quality. But that obviously didn't happen, and he is currently not doing the greatest 
in the West with the LA Clippers, but that could change if with the pretty quickly. He's a, he's a superstar Kawhi and he could take a game over and I wouldn't be surprised to see him take tonight's game over and uh, pretty much win it himself. But I'm kind of hoping Dallas wins. I'm kind of hoping Dallas wins one. So that's that I told you so moment, but I also like Luca. I think he's a great player. All the crazy shots that he throws up just blows my mind. Like Luca again, I would put on that status of Curry. He's just like in a video game mode. For sure. It just, this guy's just awesome. And young. He's young, exactly. And he really is the future. Like he, this is the guy to be watching over the next five years for sure. I, I'd be with you, Yoshin, saying like, I would like Kawhi to get the I told you so. Should have stayed with T.O. Because it's like last year was, they were shockingly pretty good. But obviously after the, the All-Star game, they, they went downhill with the COVID and everything like that. And we need some impact players. And he, he was one of them. It'll be tough to get that this upcoming season. Yeah, for sure. I mean, unless they get a superstar in the draft that can come in and play right away, which probably won't happen. Not at, I think they're, I can't remember what pick they are right now, but. Has a lotto done, been done? No, I don't think so. Either way, they're, you know, they're in the top 10, but I don't think that they're going to, uh, I don't think, no matter who they draft, I don't think he's going to be a savior. It's going to be a, it's going to be a bunch of signings and that type of thing for the raps. And uh, next year might be kind of the same as this year. It might not be super going to see some flashes of, of greatness by some players, but uh, probably not going to see too much in the way of the playoffs next year, or if they do make it probably not too far, but I hope I'm wrong. I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. So maybe this will be one of them. That is a good thing for us. So last up in the NBA, just kind of keeping it short and sweet tonight. James Harden moves up to fifth all-time and three-pointers made in the playoffs. He now has 330. And he is behind only Steph, LeBron, Ray Allen, and Klay Thompson. Steph has 470. That's a lot of three balls. A lot of three (laughs) balls. This being said, so Curry's got 470. LeBron has 422, Ray Allen has 385, and Klay Thompson has 374. So my question for you guys is, where do you think Harden ends up at the end of his career? Do you think he stays at five, or do you think he ends up higher than that? I say he's higher than that. I say he passes uh, Allen, for sure. How old is he? Offhand, I don't know, but I'm going to say 35, 35 is what I'm saying. I'll have to challenge that. Damn, I might it. have to challenge that. Do you have it up on the screen? Fuck. No, no, I don't. I'm <laughs> gonna look at it right now. What? Wait, wait. What's your number? What's your number? What did you say again? Thirty-five. Thirty-five. I'm gonna say he's fucking like thirty-seven. Oh yes, I think I got one here, boys. I think he. I think he might be younger than thirty-five. <laughs> I wasn't trying to bait you here, Josh. I was genuinely curious. Well, so, Peter, I was going to ask the same question. I, I, I was curious, too. I was, I was trying to run the numbers here. So while you are looking that up, I think, I think he's going to end up in third. Really? Yeah, I think, they're, I think they're in for a good playoff run this year. And if they can keep that team together, probably another year or two of the same. And he's not that far behind. He's... 
I guess forty four behind Clay right well, now. Clay's still playing. And and I think he'll pass Ray Allen, which we I remember at least he was like the three point shooter. So uh-huh. to be passing him is pretty good, but you also have oh, Curry, Curry and LeBron him. in front of him. He's thirty one. He is thirty one. Yeah, see that. Yeah, see, I thought he was oh, yeah. a lot younger. Yeah. Okay. Damn it. So you know what? You know what? Now that I know he's thirty-one. I'm I'm gonna agree with Peter. He's gonna pass uh, Clay Thompson. He could even get past LeBron. No. Yeah, I don't think he passes LeBron, but I think he ends up at. Third. Yeah, I think he definitely passes Allen. I think he ends up in fourth. So I think Clay and Harden pass Allen, but I don't think Harden will pass Clay. Assuming that Clay comes back and can play again, he's, right. he's been out all year. Yeah. So you assume that he's going to be able to come back, but you know, yeah, LeBron is a little older. I don't know. That's a lot. That's, that's a lot of fucking three pointers he needs to make. Yeah. He's still playing. So too. are we doing two, two penalties there? Yeah. Two penalties for sure. Two penalties. Okay. Yeah. 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 Anyway, yeah, so I just was wondering what you guys thought because I actually thought he was way older. Like I said, I thought 35 for sure. 31, I had no idea. But, but yeah, I still think he I, – I think he's going to finish fourth, fourth overall. Like I said, he'll, he'll eventually beat Ray Allen, but Clay will stay ahead of him, as will the others. So that's my guess. But as I said before, I've been wrong. <laughs> I'll be wrong again, so – I'm going to do me again in regards. I know it's not the, the, the NBA, but I'm going to get involved with the WNBA. You know how I like to sit there and start talking about making, mixing up the rules and let's just uh, make things fun. So with the WNBA, they use a smaller ball, which I think if you're using a smaller ball, then you must use a smaller circumference of your rim just because it's a smaller ball where the NBA is using a bigger ball. And dropping the net, down to at least like two nine and a half feet i'm not saying that the women's game is not exciting but let's make it exciting let's let, let's see more dunks in the WNBA. like i i think that would be phenomenal to see more not that it's not being done still but i mean but you're you're talking about fundamental changes that would like all these women have Growing up their whole lives playing with a 10 foot net that's however wide it is. The ball size is something that does change. Like the NCAA, I'm pretty sure uses a smaller ball size as well. You're right, Peter, they do. But I, I wouldn't get into changing the height of the hoop and the, the size of the hoop. That's... Well, wouldn't you want to see more ladies dunking? Like, I mean, like, again, it's, it's a great game to watch, but it's just layup upon layup i mean like the three-point line shorter i mean i just think if you give us a, uh, a smaller rim you'll get more ladies to dunk and you'll have a more opportunities of a three-point shot but it's as, like as the game grows and more women get into playing basketball at a higher level i think you'll probably see more getting into dunking like you'll get at a 10-foot rim yeah I bet you there'll be women out there as we go through time that are athletic freaks and, and tall and that are able to able to dunk with regularity on a 10 foot rim. Like you see, but wouldn't you still then drop that rim size because of it? The W with the NBA 
to the rim size is the same to the WNBA. But if you're using a smaller ball, wouldn't you shrink the actual rim? No, man. That's a fundamental change. You'd have... But if the NBA is doing it, why shouldn't the WNBA as them being as athletic and, and you're using a smaller ball, so you should be using the actual, say, the, the same kind of circle for like uh, the size of your ball. Okay, so because they can't grasp the ball with one hand like most NBA players Some of them can. can for sure. It's a smaller ball, Jesse. I said the WNBA most. is a definitely smaller ball. I said most, but like, okay. but the for the N- NBA they use a bigger ball, like you said, but they don't change the circumference of the rim, right? That's yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. So the whole idea is so that they're able to do that with the one hand, plus they, they can hold it with the one hand. It makes it more exciting because they can do a trick shot or trick trick pass or something like that, right? So. And that was the same thing with these guys in uh, NCAA is some of them can't palm the ball. So that's why the ball's smaller. My whole point here is, is they keep the rim the same size, but the ball's smaller, but because they physically can't get the, be able to palm the ball because they're. But palming the ball is not going to make a difference upon taking a shot. I mean, the only thing I'm getting at is that if the WNBA has a certain size ball, which I believe is 29 and a half inches, which the rim then is 18 inches or 56.5 inches around. So if the women's ball is a 28.5 inches, wouldn't you sit there and drop that rim by even that half inch and put it at 56 or even at 17 inches? I'm just saying, I mean, if the NBA has a size ball for the size of rim, why wouldn't the WNBA have that size of ball for their size of rim? I understand what you're saying, Kevin. Essentially, you're saying it's easier for the women to make a shot or sink a shot because that ball is smaller and the, and the rim is larger. So there's more airspace, I guess, if you will, when the ball goes through. So theoretically, it's an easier shot. It's, a, it's easier to put a, a tennis ball through a through an NBA hoop, right? Then it would be to put a basketball theoretically. But like you say, Pete, it is a fundamental change. I mean, they were talking about maybe changing the size of the nets in hockey. And I believe that was squashed. That was a bunch of years ago. Uh, And then they were talking about getting rid of the the pad sizes and making, you know, keeping that at a certain, certain size and wanted to make it easier to score goals. I don't know. It's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting thought there, Kev, whether, you know, whether they do that or not, I mean, I, I doubt they do it just based on their, I haven't no, heard anything. About I doubt they that, do it either, so, but it's interesting. That's for sure. I'm just getting at it. I mean, if the WNBA is sitting there playing as a, as an NBA, I mean, it's, I'm not trying to say that men is better than women or women are better than men, but I'm just saying it. Like put it to an actual rim size. Then, I mean, let's, let's make the rim size, the size of the ball, like they'd have with the men. That's all I'm getting at. And then dropping it, it's only going to, I think, bring that game to a better level because you're going to have like a, a Stephen Curry lady that can actually get up in the air and actually dunk. I just think there would be a little bit more razzle-dazzle razzle in regards to the game. That's all I'm getting at. It would probably be more exciting had they lowered the rim for sure because of dunks. But All right, I- I'm confused. Are we talking about the circumference of the rim or lowering it? Both. Both, yeah. He's talking about both. He's lowering is a discussion that I 
could be at least open to listening to. I mean, it's like a half a foot. I mean, what's nine and a half feet? I mean, seriously. Because it, it would it would promote more scoring and probably more excitement. Exactly. But changing the rim size, like these girls have grown up their entire lives with one rim size. Okay, so right, then, but, the size so then, do they change the ball then and give them an NBA ball? Now, Jesse, you're saying they right. can't they can't yeah. handle it as much, but to, I'm, I'm just saying that, not everyone can palm the ball in the WNBA. Yeah, but not everybody can palm the ball in the NBA. So that's right. Most yeah, I agree can. With you there too, Yosh. Not a lot. Most males can do that in the NBA is palm the ball. Like I, I'm trying to think like, I don't know any that can't do that in the NBA. Like, oh, I'm sure there's quite a, who do you know? There's, there's huge. I think there's a lot. You, I don't think there's that many. I'll bet you Curry can't palm it. Nope. I'd probably say the same thing. A lot of the smaller guys aren't going to be able to palm it. They're, they're, you know, I mean, theoretically of the smaller guy, a smaller hand, theoretically, you know, but yeah. You, you're going to – all it would do, though, all either changing the rim size smaller or making the ball bigger would do is reduce scoring in the game. You'd reduce the ability to handle the ball, and the game would be less exciting, I would think, than, uh, than the way it is today. Like, you, you, you don't want to make it more difficult. No. Fair enough. I don't think Kev wants to make it more difficult. He's trying to make it more – even to the NBA. You know. Yes, to the W. Yeah. Yep. Exactly, Yosh. Yeah. But you're probably right, though, Peter, by changing the – if you make the ball bigger or the rim smaller for the for the uh, WNBA, it's going to make it probably less exciting because there's less scoring. Bringing the net down could really change the game, you know, based on more dunks and uh, and more three, uh, three balls, too. You know, because it's, yeah. it's a different arc, so – you know, yeah, it's a little bit less, so maybe more, maybe more ladies can uh, can shoot a three ball. Then I don't know, who knows? And I guess we'll have to talk to the WNBA commissioner to uh, <laughs> to get any more insight on that. And yeah, get a petition going, Kev. Get a petition. I'll st- I'll start throwing shit at him. Say, listen, bud, to make your game better, you got to do this. Wow. <laughs> I just, you know, that's just me, guys. I mean, I'm done with asking to move the three point line in the NBA, so whatever. Good. Oh fuck, I don't, I don't think you're done with that. I think in a couple episodes you'll fucking say that. A couple more drinks fed to him, and he would have said it last week for sure. Yep, for sure. This week's Points and Penalties MVP is brought to you by MVP Brewing Company. Try the Game Changer. Okay, our MVP is sponsored by MVP Brewing. MVP's kickback program is to give every child a chance to be the best MVP they can be. MVP Brewing wants to make all sports more accessible and affordable by donating 5% of all sales towards community kids sports organizations. It's a great program. We like it a lot. We love these guys. MVP Brewing. There you go. Some MVPs opening right now. So, Cheers, boys. our MVP for the week. Can I get a drum roll? There you go. Joe West. The umpire from the MLB, 
for umpiring his 5,376th game on Tuesday, which breaks Bill Clem's record for the most games ever umped in the MLB. Joe West, the new record holder for the most games ever umped. Where to go, Joe? So he actually bought 116 tickets for friends and family of his for this game when he was breaking the record. And he was quoted saying before the game that it'll be the most expensive game I've ever upped, which I thought was funny. For sure. I don't even know 116 people (laughs) to buy that many tickets. (laughs) But you're not Joe West. So there you go. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) I mean, maybe I do, but I wouldn't necessarily buy them for all all those people. Josh, you got to boost your social status so you can with points and penalties so we so we get to that yeah. <laughs> so we have I'm 116 trying, fucking people <laughs> we gotta we gotta get you verified on twitter come on let's go <laughs> so so joe west has umped uh some notable games over the course of his career he umped nolan ryan's fifth career no hitter in 1981 willie mcconvey's 500th home run in 78 Felix Hernandez, perfect game in 2012. Last perfect game. There you go. <laughs> Albert Pujols, 400th career home run back in 2013. So he's been umping for 43 years throughout his career, spanning over 10 different MLB commissioners. And he's planning to retire at the end of this season. So Joe West, the umpire. I'm sure he'll be a Hall of Famer if he's not already. Don't know how that works. But I'm sure he will be. Sure, it will be. Yeah. Who was it last year's All Star game where the uh, one of the pitcher or person at plate says, "No, I need a pitcher with him." Oh, was, I think it was so, no, no, no. So it was it was Nelson Cruz. He was with Seattle in 2017 with with Yadier Molina. So those yeah. those two guys are well known. I believe we've talked about them a few times on here, and they were like, "You want to get a pitcher with this guy for the All Star game?" And he goes, "He's." He's, He's a, legend. a legend, yeah. So, and those guys are huge, and they're still playing to, to today. And it's just awesome how much respect Joe West still has. Like, I know he's gotten into it, and he's made a couple few questionable calls here and there, but he takes it off the chest and he continues on, kind of thing like that. No heart, ill will to anyone. He's actually a pretty good umpire. Like, he's no on El Hernandez or some of these other guys that are pretty fucking brutal. I actually don't mind Joe West at all as an umpy. But the thing is, is do you do you respect him more because he's been around longer? Of course, you'd have to. Yeah, for that, sure. That that that, that kind of plays into it, I think, a bit. But I've seen a couple games. Where I'm like, where is your strike zone? Well, yeah, hey, guys are gonna have their off day, right? And yeah, that kind of thing is what it is. But, but yeah, yeah, he he, you give him a grain of salt because he's been around for ever and he knows the game as well as he does. Well, and you don't stick around for 43 years without being really good at your job. Exactly. Right. You know, it's kind of an odd MVP for us. It's a it's a ref. We're, you know, an, an umpire, a referee. We're, <laughs> I don't think any them. of us are too high on them, you know. No. Nope. Too high on referees and whatnot. And here we here we are giving one a, our MVP award for the week. So, I guess congratulations, Joe West. But 
<laughs> Don't expect it to happen anytime soon again. <laughs> There's not gonna be an NHL referee on this fucking MVP car segment. I can tell you that. We'll just watch Joe West be in the penalty box next week for some dumb shit or whatever he does. Well, <laughs> he could have been in regards to the last one where he threw the manager out before he even got to the mound because there was some um, substance on a a player's cap and just wanted the cap to be removed and the manager comes ripping out and Wes is like, yeah, I'm not dealing with your shit. Get out. Yeah, He's old like you, bud. So he's going to kick someone out right away. He doesn't want to deal with your shit. Yeah. 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 Don't come out here saying fucking this and fucking that. Well, then fuck off, bud. You're out. (laughs) Good for him. 43 years. Wow. All right. So sticking with the MLB, we're going to slide right on into it. Carry on. The MLB scored its two millionth run of all time over this past week. Ex-Blue Jay, former MVP Josh Donaldson scored off of a Nelson Cruz ground rule double to make that two millionth run all time in the MLB. I mean, I guess you don't think about how many total runs there are scored in a year or or by the team total. You, you don't really think of that. It doesn't, it's not a huge metric that you use to, to tell you know, whether the teams are good. I mean, obviously the more runs they score, the better the team should be theoretically, but, but it's not something you think about. So to hear that, uh, that he scored the two millionth run in, in uh, MLB history was pretty cool. Uh, went back and looked into it a little bit. So Bob Watson of the Houston Asterix, they weren't the Asterix at the time they were the Astros, but he scored the one millionth run on May 4th, 1975. Oh, fuck. I was three years old. Fuck, you might have been even watching it. <laughs> I could have. <laughs> so these runs uh, do not include the Negro League stats, which when they do add them into the MLB stats uh, and make them collective, uh, they will obviously change the one millionth run and the two millionth run scored. But for now, Josh Donaldson has got that two millionth run and is he's got his name in the Hall of Fame, at least for that, if, uh, if not for anything else. And just one last piece for this. Uh, so the first run or ever recorded was April 22nd, 1876 by Tim McGinley. And I just thought this part was funny. He scored it for the Boston Red Stockings. <laughs> Not the Red Sox. The Red Stockings. They hadn't invented socks by then. They had. I don't know if they invented the X by that point. <laughs> so how could they be the Sox? <laughs> so was Chicago the... Uh... The white stockings, probably they might have been. Well, well, they came along a lot long, a lot later, okay. right? The, oh, the white Sox did. So, so they might have had socks then. The Cubs were there before the White Sox were, yeah, for sure. So, who knows? They might have been the White Sox. It might not have been the stockings, but. <laughs> <laughs> so, a little bit of crazy news uh, within the MLB. We just found out that Atlanta Braves outfielder Marcelo Zuna has been arrested. Uh, after he choked his wife and threw up against the wall, he's being charged with a felony assault. He's currently being held in Fulton County Jail uh, for aggravated assault by strangulation, a felony that carries a minimum of three years and a maximum of 20 years. He in trouble, boys. He in trouble. So he currently has a $65 million contract with the Braves. Uh, I've heard that they will be looking to change that to non-guaranteed money which means he can't collect while he's in the, in the fucking slammer. So he's currently there, but he's just being held. So obviously he needs to be found guilty or innocent, I guess, but three years minimum and up to 20 years. That is crazy. And for this guy who has 
I mean, he's got the world by the balls. You're a professional, professional athlete. You're making all kinds of money, you know, do what you want, except for that. You know, there's no, I don't understand these guys that, that they're, they're making all kinds of money and, and then they do stupid shit. I understand that women can piss you off, but there is no fucking need for this. Absolutely not. No, there's never, ever a need to put a hand on a woman. I mean, I, right. I, athlete, athlete or not, man, you should serve those three fucking years. You just know the millions that can get you out of this. You did what you did. You, you, if any one of us did this, do you think that... He'd be gone for 20 years, bud, easily. Yeah, fucking right. For sure. Yeah. But this this guy's like an athlete, like a known athlete. I think that people need to realize that I think that an athlete's no different than you, me, or anybody else. You do your three or 20. Fuck you, bud, laying a hand on a woman. Yeah, like he definitely deserves it for sure for that nonsense. Like that, that doesn't, I don't need to repeat it as you guys have already said. It doesn't, it doesn't belong anywhere in this society at all. And uh, he was actually starting to heat up too. He had a, a, a triple dong in one game last week. So he's been – he started to heat up and then he did this nonsense. I, I don't know when he actually physically did this, but it just came to light this week. Why would you risk er, your earnings for this? Like it just doesn't make sense to do this at all. And, and like the, uh, the people that do this, like there's something wrong with you to sacrifice this. And I'm not trying to be greedy here, but like you can't be sacrificing this kind of money because you get upset this easily towards someone that you're supposed to love. It's not even necessarily the money. Like obviously the money is huge, but the opportunity to play in the fucking bigs, you know, you are privileged to be there and you need to, in any pro sport, you're, it's, it's a privilege to be there. Yeah. You put your work in to get there, but you're, it's, you're, it's being erased real fucking quick by one stupid action. Obviously you get, a lapse of judgment. Maybe some of these guys think that they are quote unquote, God's gift to, uh, to the sport and maybe to life. And they think that they can get away with shit like this. And, uh, I'm glad this has come to light. Not that it happened, but I'm glad it's come to light and that he's hopefully assuming guilty. We are already assuming that he's guilty, but if he is, then he deserves to get that at least minimum three years and up to the possible max of 20. And Jess, this really, hurts your uh, Atlanta Brave chances of winning the World Series this year. He's a big part of that team. I'm fine with him going. Like I said, he was heating up, but none of this nonsense needs to be there. If this guy actually does time, does Atlanta say, okay, when he, once he's done, I don't want you? See sayonara? I think they pretty much rip up his contract once he's found guilty. Yeah. Then who else takes him once he comes out, if anybody? Well, it, if it's in 20 years, nobody. <laughs> <laughs> If it is a 20-year, I mean, if he does three, I mean, still, as you come out, who's going to take you? Who would want Look to? what we did with uh, Robbie Alomar and getting rid of him real quick kind of thing like that. Like, we got a – MLB, a lot of teams have been quick to sniff this in the butt and just be like, we're done with you. Yeah. Like, it's it's bad PR, obviously, to bring someone with a record like that back. But in theory, if they've done their their time – and paid their their debt to society. I don't know. Is it that bad to bring them back after they've done the time? Hard to say. Well, I mean, you look at uh, Roberto Osuna, right? The Jays dropped him real quick when there was the allegations from his ex-wife or whoever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did, did they not? They just dropped him like a stack of potatoes. 
the Houston Asterix picked him up pretty quick. Now that's obviously a little bit of a different situation, but you know, so these guys, they'll still get picked up. Somebody is going to want them for their talent level and not for their past. So it, it's really going to depend on what happens here from a sentence sentencing standpoint. If it's three years, yeah, somebody's probably going to look at him again. If it's 10, not likely. His career is probably over. It'll be interesting to see how it rolls Done. out. Yeah, unless they have some kind of, you know, penitentiary kind of league going on. Like the longest yard? Yeah, for baseball? <laughs> <laughs> for baseball. The new movie's coming out. It's called The Bottom of the Ninth. <laughs> no, That's a great title. The title's going to be The title's going to be Bean or something like that. <laughs> Okay, guys, let's slide into the uh, Blue Jays update. After being fucking garbage last week, they got their shit together. I guess a little bit more. They went four and three this week. They had two games postponed due to weather, but then they ended up making them up as doubleheaders this week. So they lost on Monday to Tampa, and then they lost one game out of each series to uh, the Yankees and to the Indians, and then subsequently won the other two. So two wins versus the Yanks and the Indians. And I, I thought they played pretty well, especially against Cleveland. They pretty much dominated until Sunday afternoon, the second game. And even that was close. They only lost by a run. You know, they're still playing well. Last week, as we said, they didn't play shit hot at all. But uh, that's going to happen. It's going to happen. And you're going to just keep keep rolling with the punches and keep trying to win games. So uh, it seems so far the only teams we can't fucking beat are Boston and Tampa. Hopefully we can we can switch that up and shake it down and – maybe get some W's uh, against those two teams in the, in the future. So well, they're going to have to beat one of them to go through the, to the world series, man. So whatever, maybe two, we'll take them on. Yeah. Both of them. Yeah, Fuck them. Sure. So in the one game against the Yankees, we had our uh, new pitcher, Alex Manoa, who we had talked about last week and when we were going to bring him up. I said, I think instantly, did I not? You were going back and forth. I said that, like, there's no <laughs> harm in bringing him up right now. If he shits the bed, they can send him back down to get more confidence. And you agreed with me. Right. Pre- but, but I agreed with Peter. But previously before, yeah, you were like, yeah, don't bring him up. Don't bring him up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck you all. And so, Pete, you had said that you're good with them bringing him up as long as the scouts did their uh, – or the brass has done their homework. As long as he's ready, exactly. As vague as possible. Way to go, bro. Well, fuck. I don't know when he's ready. <laughs> I'm not a fucking pro development staff member. So, evidently, they thought he was ready. Yeah. And they were right. No fucking right. This guy kicked ass. He did. He lit it up. Six innings, seven strikeouts, only two hits. Gave them both up to Miguel Andahar. He's the second Blue Jay starting pitcher to throw six scoreless innings in his debut. Uh, last time was 2019 Moro Gazzo, who? who I have no fucking clue <laughs> that guy is. Yeah, no, right. idea. Nope. <laughs> no idea. No idea. And that's not even that long ago. No. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> so in the first inning, uh, his very first player he was pitching against was DJ LeMahieu, not the first guy that you really want to see the reigning uh, MVP. But he ended up walking him. And then the next guy was Rignet Odor, who we none of us really like because of the whole uh, Bautista fiasco. But he was Cade, as was Aaron Judge. The Odor next was the second batter? Yep. Oh, wow. He's, yeah, he's hitting two right now. Yeah. Oh, okay. The Yanks got some injuries, man. Stanton's still not playing 100%. Right. 
and Aaron Hicks. Yeah, but Odor's second? Like me. Hey, man. Like he doesn't even have an average. He, like usually you put your second hitter as a, a guy that could hit for average and power. Like he's got power, but you don't, he don't have an average. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure what the hell they're thinking there, but so he struck Odor out, struck Judge out, and then he got Glaber Torres to fly out. And that was the first inning of his big league career. So not horrible, no damage. Now his, his mom was in the stands. Oh, was she ever going crazy? She was going crazy. It's good to see that. It's honestly good to rate to see, you know, a parent out there just going like fucking phenomenal. I mean, she was crying. She, her emotions were just huge. She was all over the map with the emotions. She was, you know, smiling. She was laughing. She was having a good time. She was screaming and yelling you know, like go, go Manoa, go type thing. Uh, and then she was crying and all kinds of different emotions. I, I thought it was pretty cool to see. So they ended up winning the game two, nothing against the Yanks. Uh, this is uh this is pretty good for, for the Jays throughout their, uh, you know, the minors and the, the prospects that they have. He's a 23 year old and he was selected 11th overall in the 2019 amateur draft. So that, you know, his showing and what we've seen so far, he's only pitching 35 pro innings. So that's, you know, triple A, double A, whatever. And then obviously the pros, but to have this guy pitching so well, obviously you got to give credit to the scouts and to the execs that, that figured that this guy was going to be something. And so far, so good. And let's just uh, hope it carries on and maybe he can be a big part of the rotation going forward. I, I hope he can be because he, he looked really fucking good. But with being a new pitcher, you're going to have a lot of teams doing a lot of film on them and just, you know, figuring them out. I mean, that that's the big thing. If they can figure them out, yeah, that can, uh, you know, kill your confidence. But from what I saw, man, this this kid's just, just a great all fucking great starter, I think. It would be fun to see. Like Josh said, he only allowed two hits. And I was looking through the minor, minor league, uh, league numbers there, and he, like, didn't even allow that many hits in the minor leagues. Like he hit more, he hit a bunch of batters compared to how many hits he gave up. Like that's how people got on bases if they got hit by, by Manoa. So, and he throws in the upper nineties. So, and he's a big guy. So maybe he scares a bit of people off kind of thing like that. But like you said, you're going to, it's going to be difficult to, to follow up on the film and everything like that and see if they can hit off of him. Like they eventually will for sure. But I think, a lot of people are more or less kind of scared of him right now just because they don't know him. I don't think it's that because he just, he, he, he throws hard and he can be sometimes a little bit wild. Just a bit outside. <laughs> <laughs> the outside ones are okay. It's the inside ones you gotta be worried about. <laughs> That's why I said the outside first. <laughs> so anyway, a uh, great debut by Alec Manoa. And uh, like we said, hopefully he can carry that on and uh, and can help solidify our five or who knows, maybe six man rotation. Who knows what they're going to end up doing? I can't see a six man at this. No, point. we don't have enough. Um, but the starters are starting to grab exactly. crap the bed, and there's only a few guys that can actually, I think, can hold the position. And I think he is one of them. Do you think he gets another start? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. He's going to get a start. He's going to continue starting until he shits the bed. Yeah. Yep. yep. He might even get starts after yeah, that. Yeah, he might get a bit of a leash. He'll, he'll, he'll definitely have, like Peter said, a, a fairly long leash because this is the Yankees too. Like, They're not an easy club to hit against either. Uh, last couple things then for our Blue Jays update. My boy, 
George Springer. I cannot get him into my fucking fantasy lineup because he can't get into a goddamn pro lineup. <laughs> this week he was catching fly balls and he was throwing the bases from the outfield, but there's still no timetable. Charlie Montoya said that Springer has felt the best he's felt since the injury today or, or not, sorry, not today, but this week, I guess it was a couple of days ago. He had said that, but again, still no timetable. And this is just driving me bonkers. Not, not necessarily just from a fantasy standpoint, but you know, we signed this guy. Everybody wants to see him. We've seen him little, you know, when he's in, he's been playing pretty well until he gets hurt. And then he's SOL for, for a little while longer. But I think everybody is the anticipation of this guy playing, 10 games in a row is just killing everyone. Do you think you just sit there and fuck it and just let him ride the rest of the remaining season out and just bring him in next nope. year? No. I mean, not a fucking chance. Are you serious? Because, I mean, <laughs> so this guy's in there going to be injury-free for a bit, gets up there and just smacks the ball and goes to take off the first pace, and what does he do? Pull his hammy again? So, oh. despite Josh's fantasy team needs, what I would do is I would wait until he's fully healthy – as in the opinion of the team doctors and himself, and then wait like three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> then bring him back in. <laughs> you remember when I said we can't rush Springer out? Like the oblique, I was worried about the oblique, and obviously this is not the case with him. He, it's, it's something different. But mm-hmm. I said don't rush him out right away, and the Jays did. And they may have worked on his oblique as much as possible and everything like that to strengthen it and everything like that, and then – the rest of him didn't end up working out with his, uh, what was it? His quads or his hammies or his calves, whatever it was. Calves. His calves. Okay. Calves right All right. Yeah. So like you can do that when you work out like one area and then forget the rest and then end up injuring it kind of thing like that. But like, he just needs to be Springer minus the trash can and just, just, <laughs> just get to his, cause he's not usually, out like he's he's not a player that's usually injured he's usually playing all the time like this is not him and then as soon as he comes to the jays he hurts himself swinging the bat too hard because he's trying to hit springer dingers and it's just a snowball effect from there maybe that's just springer in his 30s maybe he's a different kind of fucking guy that's possible hopefully not No, hopefully not for my prediction, too. I mean, I'd want to see this guy in the lineup, but I mean, I don't know. When he's been there, he's been hitting them hard. Right. So, yeah, I mean, his defense. No, I don't think anybody's having any ever had any issues with his defense. It's so fucking good. Well, we'd love to see him out. But again, no timetable from the Jays. So we don't know. And they may be going with Peter's uh, advice that uh, when he gets healthy, just keep him out for another three weeks. Just so he's really, really, really just in case. Yeah. I doubt they do that because that's crazy, but and they definitely don't hold them up for the whole year because that's bonkers, man. Yeah, and yeah. and they're not oh. doing too hot in the AL East either, so they gotta start winning some games, and they're gonna start doing that with him in the lineup. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And the last there for the Jays on on the injury stand front, uh, David Phelps, I believe. Um, I don't think it was last week; it must have been the week before. Uh, episode 17 i think we told you that phelps was moved to the 60 day il and he is now done for the year he had uh, surgery on his right lat and as i said he is done so no more uh no more relief pitcher from phelps and i i like phelps the few games that we did see him in he looked good and i thought he was going to help us out quite a bit uh, on the back end of the bullpen uh, to evidently 
I mean, I guess it could have been right, but <laughs> with the injury, not so much. So he's done and he'll pack it in for, for the year and we'll see how she goes. So definitely disappointing there, but not the end of the world. The bullpen has been pretty strong uh, overall this year. For what they've lost, yeah, they've been pretty good. Exactly, yeah. I mean, they're not, you know, they're not a top end uh, bullpen at this point. But like you said, just with what we've lost over the over the last two months, and the way that they're still pitching is pretty damn good. Yeah, they got, so. uh, I think they have the least back. So hopefully, I don't know. Is Romano closing games or is the least closing games? Because like I can't figure it out. They might be taking a page out of Tampa's book and just going with a the hot hand, a committee. T- yeah. Hot hand committee type thing. You pitch one, one ninth, I'll pitch the next type thing. So until one guy really stands out, I think that's probably what you're going to see. But I mean, I thought Romano was going to be the guy we thought right away. He was going to be the guy after Yates. And then he kind of faltered a bit. I think he didn't get hurt a little bit too. I think he was hurt. And then he came back. He went straight and seemed to be the guy. They went straight to May- Merriweather. When, with the first save opportunity, they went straight to Mer- Merriweather. I think Romano played or faced like the top of the lineup, and then Merriweather took over, and he he like struck out the side. And then the next the next time they had a save opportunity, it was it was kind of like the same thing. Like it, Romano took the eighth inning and took the top of the lineup, got through it, and then Merriweather came in and struck out a bunch of people again. And then I think he got hurt soon after that. So. But Romano's still there. He 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 definitely did get hurt, and so did Dolis. So it's up in the air. That I was asking you the question, seeing if you you had a hot take on who would take it. But I I don't know. No idea, man. It's a it's a crapshoot at this point. Who's ever pitching well is, will will be the closer, I suppose. But yeah, I could care less who it is as long as they get saves, right? Exactly. <laughs> What's going on this week in the NFL, Jess? Mr. Adam Venteri has retired from the NFL. He retires as the NFL all-time leading scorer, and he also retired at 48. A three-time Pro Bowler selection and a first-time All-Pro finishes with 2,673 points and made a record of 599 field goals. He couldn't get that 600. That's <laughs> one short. I guarantee you, late in games, near the end of the year, he was cheering for red zone stops. Yeah, yeah, just give me one more. Come on, don't score. Don't score. He wasn't there last year, bud, but uh, it was 2019 was the last time he was there and finished on on the IR because he had a bit of a knee issue. And then last year, Indianapolis didn't need him, I guess. So we all know that he played for New England. He won a couple Super Bowls there and then also with Indy. He was there for 14 seasons, which is pretty crazy. So some of the big accomplishments he had in his early years was uh, he had the game winner against Oakland in the 2001 AFC playoffs. I think that was the tuck rule. I was going to say, is that the tuck rule game? That was the tuck, tuck rule game, I'm pretty sure. And he kicked the game winning field goals in Super Bowl 36 and 38, both with for New England and uh, against my Rams. <laughs> both were against your Rams? Yeah. Yeah, both, nice. both nice. against this fucking nice. Good, Good job, job bud. <laughs> Take those Rams out. They suck anyways. Oh, sorry, no, no, oh. they weren't both against oh. them. Either way. I'm I'm incorrect. Uh, only one only one was. I think oh, so you know was it Carolina? Who cares? The Rams suck. <laughs> <laughs> Not then, man. They were good then. They were good then. Better than your shitty Falcons, that's for sure. 
Well, they are now if they get rid of Julio. No, no, no comment from the fucking yeah. peanut gallery there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just speaking of the Falcons. So, Kevin, you're right. Julio did not want to be there in Atlanta. He called in live on Undisputed last week, the Monday when we were recording. Shannon Sharp called him on the phone live and said, do you want to be in Atlanta? And he says, I'm out of there. <laughs> he also said he's not going to Dallas, too, though. He said he's not, well, he won't play for Dallas, so... Was that? I wonder if that has something to do with because Skip Bayless was there and he's a big Dallas homer. Oh, I'm not sure if it was. I'm not sure if it was on the same the same podcast or the same show or whatever. But I did hear. I'm not trying to be in Dallas, man. Something to that effect. So, doesn't want to play there for whatever reason. I don't know why, but this doesn't. Want the to. only thing I know is that I'm never going to ever receive a jersey or a shirt from Yoshi again if it has Atlanta on it. Okay, man, you got your trash can. You can just burn it in that. I don't want to burn my crumply jersey. I love my crumpler jersey. Why? He went to Tennessee. Okay, whatever. I don't want to burn my Julio Jones jersey. (laughs) You might go to Tennessee too. (laughs) Oh, my God. Could you imagine? Oh, yeah. But, I mean, whoever Julio goes to is going to make that team that much better. The guy's clutch. Well, it's funny because, like, he might be – they said that he might go to the NFC West too with uh, Seattle. And then Ramsey was trying to get him over, but – I don't think he's going to come. We got too many receivers there to begin with, and we don't have money to pay for, unless someone is going to pay for it all. I'm like, we'll take him for free, but we don't have a first round pick for a while. <laughs> but so back to Venetary. I just want to mention one other thing that he holds a pretty decent record in is 44 kicks in a row, field goal attempts in a row consecutively made, which is pretty good for sure. So we started talking about the NFL schedule a while back and I didn't have anything last week for you for it, but we're going to go dive right into it right now real quick with starting with week four, because we ended with week three Jags and and Bengals. It's going to be the the last two number one overall picks on a Thursday night football game, which is Thursday night is known for having like the blunder bowl more or less of the week. And I think it'll hold true to this too, but it'll be just interesting to see, uh, Trevor Lawrence and Joe Bur- Burrow go at it. If Burrow plays, it's week four, bud. He's still hurt, right? It's week four. Yeah. I-, I think he's going to be back. He's a quarterback. He's not going to need to run that much. Like he, he is a running quarterback, but he- he'll be there. I-, 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 I can guarantee he'll be there for, for week four. Hot take. Write it down. Oh, shit. That's me. That's me. Oh, shit. <laughs> he'll be there for sure. Like if he's hurt, it's from the week prior, prior which he played, I think. But, <laughs> yeah, he'll definitely be there. Uh, Trevor Lawrence will be there, too, as well, as he needs to get the Jags out of the basement because they've been there for a while. And then we got a huge Sunday nighter. Mr. Tom Brady going back to New England as a Buccaneer to Boston. He, and he had tweeted out it for when he's going there. It's like your high school friends meeting your college friends. <laughs> For sure. It'll be a crazy, crazy game. The the fans will be going nuts because he's back, but who the fuck are they going to cheer for? <laughs> well, the thing is, is he might actually, I can't remember the numbers, but it might be a week that he might actually have an attempt to beat Breeze in total yards for all time. He's, he's not too far behind him. And uh, week four, could it could actually happen that he passes him, which would be crazy to happen in New England. But on a different team. Yeah, that would be cool. 
but I, I don't think any any Boston fan will have any too much ill will towards Brady. Oh, they're not gonna boom. How do you boom? You can't. Yo, they're but, still gonna boom. No way. Even though they, they're not. No. They're not no gonna way. boom, man. They will not no boom. Way. Oh, I there's guarantee no way. there's gonna be a boo. Come on. Oh man, this is all going on the hot take tracker. <laughs> Yeah, there's no way. Are they going to fucking cheer him every time? Yeah. No. I'm with Josh. Oh, I, I, th- I think they're going to be cheering Brady into the stadium. Fuck that. He, he left. I, I sure, I'm sure they're going to be. Left. Before Tom Brady, they, they, they were in a couple Super Bowls, but they never won one. And then he showed up and, and he dominated. They're gonna boom. He's a they're god there. No. They're not gonna he boom. is a god there. You're right. It don't matter. No way. They're going to boo him. You take that as a fucking hot take as well. They're going to definitely boom as he runs on that field. Yay! He's coming back as a fucking Tampa Bay Buck. Yay! He's going to beat the snot out of our team. Yeah! (laughs) They will be going nuts, man. They will be going be So excited to see him again. And they're they're not going to (laughs) boom. Yeah, with a bunch of booze in the fucking. They'll all be in their Brady jerseys. Yep. (laughs) Sign my jersey before you go. You know, like when we went to the Buffalo and they we duct taped a couple jerseys to put the new person on there. It's gonna be the exact same thing, except it's gonna be duct taped over Patriots and say Bucks or something. <laughs> <like that. laughs> the guy does have that impact. So I don't doubt that that would happen. But he just went somewhere else and won a Super Bowl. Of course, he's gonna have that impact. But uh, so we're just gonna move on to Week Five, and we haven't talked a whole lot about the Bills. But the Bills are playing the Chiefs on the Sunday nighter in week five. And this was the biggest game that I found this week. And I'm excited for this game because I think this is a huge playoff implication. I think Buffalo's defense wasn't that good. They were pretty good in the, in the postseason, but their their defense, I think, will get their shit together this year and go after Mr. Mahomes there in KC. And I'm I'm pretty excited for that because I think that'll be a really good AFC championships game right there is the Bills and the Chiefs. That's what I was going to say. It's definitely a playoff preview game. No question about it. Right. And just those two could be at the AFC championship easily kind of yep. thing like that. Cause the chiefs maybe aren't the most complete as the bills are right now, but the chiefs still have Patty McHolmes. Yep. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So just roll into week six and another big game that uh, I thought we'd just talk about just to keep Peter in the loop here. They're taking Tennessee, which is going to be a huge test for Tennessee, I believe. Not really, because Julio's going to fucking storm it up when he goes there. Right, Pedro? Yeah. <laughs> so, funny story. The only NFL game I've ever been to was Bill's Titans. Where's this game? Is this in Tennessee or in Buffalo? This is in Tennessee. I personally think I like I said like I've been saying this from the beginning. I don't think that, I think I don't think the Titans are going to make the playoffs at all. So don't see them there, and I I can see the Bills not easily winning this, but it's just a it's a huge test for the Titans to actually show that they can play with the big boys. Well, if they do have to lose, I won't be too upset if it's to the Bills. Really, Homer versus Homer for you, right, bud? Yeah. I would like to see the Bills win that game. I'm not a big Titan fan, other than uh, other than my boy Henry. But I bet you, I bet you Henry doesn't fucking stiff arm anybody in that game. Not not th- throw him down like he did some other teams. I don't think the Bills are gonna gonna let that happen out of Henry. But who knows what'll happen in that game? It'll be uh, be interesting. I think Shaman Dur- Dermot will like get pretty upset if someone gets stiff armed super bad from Henry. 
And so he should. But the other big thing in the NFL is we were talking about Mickelson winning his PGA championship at 50 years old. And Tom Brady decided to tweet him saying, that's my quarterback. And they're matching up again this year in the match with Phil Mickelson, Tom Brady, and Bryson Jeshombo, and, and Aaron Rodgers. Hey, Aaron. It'll be interesting. There's been a lot of memes hitting out. It's I remember just seeing, I don't know if it was Mickelson or Tom Brady saying, it was uh, two champions versus a scientist and a Jeopardy host. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a tweet from Brooks Kepka. And he has a real disdain for Bryson DeChambeau. We'll get into uh, just in a little bit. But he tweeted a picture of of the four of them. And he says, sorry, bro, at Aaron Rodgers 12. <laughs> he said, sorry, you got to play with Bryson, bud. <laughs> I thought it was pretty fucking funny. Uh, but th- this guy DeChambeau, though, man, I mean, he can definitely fucking release the beast. And that that's a... It's, there's a, like a par five that's like, you know, huge. So it can only help AA Ron with him being on his team. But I see the old geezers just, just, just dominating this. Sorry. Well, you know, the old geezers lost last year, right? Okay. I mean, wasn't it uh, against actually it was against an older geezer for NFL. Right. <laughs> and, uh, but it was a tiger. Yeah, but no. Peyton Manning's actually pretty good at golf, is what I what I was reading. Uh, I I just hope that Charles Bar Charles Barkley's there again to sit there and chirp people. Just so I believe I believe it's going to be on TNN again. Nice TNT TNT TNT. Yeah, that's cool. So I got another tweet here from Bryson. He says uh, at Tom Brady, once Aaron Rodgers and I take you down, take you and and Phil Mickelson down, you will feel just as deflated as those. Yeah, balls that was another one. Oh, you you know that Tom will be fired up because of that, that fucking that's tweet gonna be a sure. private fucking message there back to the shumbo you dumb dumb no, <laughs> Brady is like the, almost the king of Twitter there and you, you just he's, oh, yeah. he's pretty funny there was something else that said like Deshambo's gonna lay up lay up and then Aaron Rodgers is not gonna go for it Kind of because with the with the yep. playoffs and everything like that would happen when, <laughs> but it wasn't his decision. It was the coaches. But no hail marys. Like I haven't seen anything quit from uh, a Rod there at all. But it's still it's still funny. He's taking the heat and he's just he's like I just want us to play some golf for sure. Just get some national attention here and there. It should be a pretty cool match. I'm uh, I'm definitely gonna watch this when it uh, when it's on. Just just for the smack talk, I think it'll be pretty funny. Oh man, and that's that that's the driving force for this because the smack talk last year between everybody because they're right in their ear while they're f- fucking hitting the ball, just giving them like the commentators just giving it to them. And then Tom Brady, I think he chipped it in right when Barkley was giving him the gears and he fucking just went off on Barkley. Oh, it was, it was awesome. There should be more of this. It was the most excited I've ever been for for golf, tell you the truth. Cause like it's it was it was like Happy Gilmore almost. How exciting it was! <laughs> they should definitely do more of this. You know, have a pro golfer and then and then have a, another athlete of sorts, or even just two random athletes against two randoms. You know, well, they consider this like cele- celebrities, yeah. right? And like a lot of celebrities have egos and stuff like that, as just as much as any athlete does. So it'll be pretty 
fun to see them go at each other like this. And I honestly, I would like to see like maybe even Jordan come out of retirement and go with one of the golfers or something like that with Barkley on the other side or something like that. That would be pretty fun to just expand it minus the golf or even go into hockey, which we all know in the off season, hockey is especially the Leafs. That's what they're doing. That's another hey. thing. That's hey. another thing with Jordan. Could have been. Jordan definitely that. could be playing in the PGA if he really wanted to. I think. Oh, I don't know about that, man. He might be a good golfer, but is he PGA golfer? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, just as Gretzky. Gretzky's a great golfer too. I mean, there, there's a lot of these NHLers that could definitely play some some good golf. These NHLers are ridiculous athletes. As just you can see them trying yeah. to hit pucks out of the air. It's like Jesus Christ, you can right. fucking play baseball almost the way they hit the the puck out of the air. They're using a small shaft, and the puck is no. not a ball. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a, it's a weird shape, and they can hit it and hit it in the back of the net. It's just like Ovechkin, where you just grab the club for the first time and got a fucking hole in one and a par three. Did you see that? Look at that! I put it up. Hit it from here and it went to there. We're getting into our other stuff. I'm going to start with this Bob Challenge final round. It's the uh, PGA, which I believe is over. Well, I fucking hope so. It's like nine something at night. That I believe a Jason Kroc actually won it with Spieth just behind with a plus three. So an even, an even won the fucking tournament. Wow. Yeah. Who would have sunk? It happens. Fuck a a plus thirty one in our fucking game. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm better than well, the plus forties that you guys had. <laughs> <laughs> well, the yeah, the closest Canadian here was was it Adam Hadwin? He finished out in uh, even round and final of a minus six. But uh, Spieth ended up ending uh, finishing at a minus twelve. Sorry, guys, he was plus three during that fourth round. But the closest Canadian, once again, was Hadwin. Connors is nowhere near it. Let's see where he ended up. Where's Connors? Connors man, ended up tied for 20th, which my predictions with Connors is not doing so well. But, yeah, that's what we got there for that uh, Schwab championship. And then uh, we get into our WNBA. I, I think it's, it's, it's a great game. It's great style of basketball for these ladies. I'm actually, you know, pretty hyped and pretty interested in watching this. As much as you know that we have the WM, well, the NBA doing uh, their final, I'm going to give you guys at least the top six in the WNBA here. The Connecticut Sun is on top with Seattle Storm being in second. The New York Liberty, which is uh, the Kia Nurse and uh, Britt Grinnell, that's where they play. We have Vegas in fourth, the Aces, Atlanta, Dream, Phoenix, Mercury, and that's where we clear up in regards to the WNBA so far in regards to the top six of the 12 teams that are there. But we have this, uh, Brittany, since we were talking. Challenge. What? Challenge in your ass, man. You said Kia Nurse played for the Liberty. We just went over this last week that she doesn't play for the Liberty. Mercury. Mercury. I'm pretty sure you said the Liberty. Yes, correct. You said Liberty for show. Yeah, you said Liberty. Oh, yeah, that's right, because that's where um, the Brescues pushed her out. Ionescu pushed her out. That's what you said last week. Yeah. So, Sorry, bud. Carry on. We were talking about, obviously, earlier in regards to, you know, dropping the hoop size and such for the NBA to make it that much exhilarating to kind of watch. But uh, Brittany Griner had her first dunk since 2019. It's her 19th career in regards to uh, dunking in the uh, WNBA. 
or in her career in regards to maybe even like back in college and so on and so forth. But it's her 13th career season dunks with the rest of the NBA with the league history of only three. So even that it is at a 10 foot rim, she's actually able to get up there and dunk. So that that's pretty impressive. But putting it at a nine and a half foot rim, I think it would be even better. You can probably introduce a windmill, you know, or whatever in regards to, to that. Yeah, but I, I bet you there in the not too far future, there'll be some fucking phenom woman that comes up that can dunk regularly on a 10 foot hoop. Oh, boy, that would be amazing and, to see. And she's just going to fucking light up this league. I bet you that happens. I, I, I do. I mean, like, it, it is a great style of basketball. I mean, it's a low scoring than you would see in the uh, NBA, but it's a great, it's, it's, it's good. I mean, great play. It's quick. It's fast. It's, it's not as, you know, the, the dunks and the three points, but it, it's definitely exciting to watch. That's for sure. I actually really enjoyed it. After watching a bunch of the ladies March Madness, there have been a few WNBA games on since then. And I've watched, you know, bits and pieces. I don't, can't say I watched an entire game, but it's a, it's quite, it's quite a game. It's, it's a different game than the NBA. No question about it. But it's uh it's very it's very good it's exciting I do agree that dunks would definitely make it more exciting but they evidently don't feel that they need to lower that rim and like Pete said like eventually somebody's gonna come up and gonna be able to dunk with regularity and and like you said Pete gonna light the league on fire and it's gonna change the entire league because as soon as one person does it consistently more and more and more are gonna be practicing and trying harder and harder and harder to do it and maybe that's all it takes to make this league even more exciting than it already is. Yeah, I, I agree to that. I mean, I, I just only see this uh, league only getting up there and going. But how about Toronto? Do you think Toronto can get into the WNBA? I mean, it doesn't seem that there's any Canadian teams, obviously. It's all in the all out there in the US of A, eh? I'm going to say no at this point, just based on it's a small market for, for women's basketball here. Maybe in the future I could see – but if you've only got 12 teams in the U.S., they're probably not going to be looking to expand to Canada just yet. I hope they do. I mean, I just, I mean, it doesn't have to be in Toronto. I mean, any Canadian. It'll likely be in Toronto. No, of course it would, because <laughs> it's, it's the biggest one to go to. But What are they, the Toronto Raptorettes? Why not? I'm not a big fan of their team names. Like, like typically the team names in the past and historically, now obviously you could argue like the Maple Leafs aren't one of these, but usually the team name is, you know, impose threat or to intimidate your, your opponent. And you've got the Connecticut sun. Yeah. The Las Vegas aces. Like I get it. An ace for Vegas. I get it. The cards gambling. I get that Atlanta dream. Like these do not pose like I'm not scared to the for these guy teams to come in. I'm like, ooh, no. the fucking Connecticut Sun are coming over tonight. <laughs> I'm definitely not influenced by these teams whatsoever, by the team names, sorry, whatsoever on this. Right, like the Storm and whatever else. Like you're bringing up. Storm, I mean, Storm's probably the best one. See, nothing is intimidating, man. Nothing except for the Seattle Storm. That's what we got there going on so far with the WNBA. I'm gonna go into our World Hockey Championships where we finally fucking won a game here, guys, on Wednesday. Oh, my God, against Norway. I mean, we all thought that they would beat Germany, but nope. No, they did not. The only teams they beat so far was Norway, Kazakhstan, and Italy. 
And the teams they lost to is uh, Latvia, USA, and Germany. I'm just glad they didn't lose to Kazakhstan. <laughs> right? I mean, it's bad enough they lost to Latvia and Germany. Well, Latvia's so. okay. Germany's up and coming, I guess. Kazakhstan is is the greatest country in the world. But other than that, it's... <laughs> <laughs> so on Europa League, we had a final that went on Wednesday with Valeriel and Manchester United that went into penalties which was pretty sick because it went all the way down to their goalies to actually finish this game. So they all went down to the, the 11th. Finally, we had uh, the Varel goes on to win its first title on those penalties, which the goalie actually scored. It's the uh, second team to in history in this league to have all 11 consecutive uh, players score their penalty kicks. Now, watching this was just, what? Oh, my God. Someone's got to stop this fucking ball. About time they did. And like I said, their first first win ever, which they now move on to the championship league, I, I'm assuming. So what happened was it was tied, and then they went to penalties. Yeah, it was 1-1. And they went all through all 11 players. So the goalies were doing penalties at this point. And the only save that happened was against the Man U goalie. I believe it's pronounced keeper. I'm sorry. I'm not yes, from. Keeper. Brunson, You're right. Don't speak their lingo there, bud. But yeah, the ended up, it, it was ended up being a save and everything like that. But there was, there was times like some of the shots were like, I watched all 22 uh, penalty shots and some of the shots were really, really good. And some of them, the goalie's got a hand on them a little bit, but not enough to like block it, but it still went into the back of the net. And it was, it's been a while since I've even heard of this, let alone this is the first I've actually watched all 22 penalty kicks. So it was, I enjoyed it. Like, I know it's just Europa, which is like not champions league, but the, it's like the second place version of that or whatever it is. Tier two. Yeah. Tier two kind of thing. Like, well, Man U is supposed to be a tier one, but they 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 suck. So yeah. And then they should have won tier two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they had a ample opportunity. Because uh De Gea is supposed to be a really good goalie that or keeper, Peter, in <laughs> in uh the Premier League. So he should be doing pretty good there. But that was not the case. And he, he botched the or well he didn't he didn't botch the kick. He it was saved, but it was still, he was the guy that lost his team from moving on. And obviously, Varel went all nuts like. I mean, they're all, you know, rushing the field to the goalie. So they should. No, fucking right. If it's your first time ever winning it, why wouldn't you? So then we're going to get into our penalty boxes here. So I don't know who wants to start, but it looks like Yosh, you're excited about this one, bud. So you go right ahead. Swing right in onto these penalty boxes. Uh, for me, I've got, I'm not sure really who's in the box here. I guess I got to say Brooks Kepka. So this is Brooks versus Bryson. So Kepka did an interview after the PGA championship last weekend. And you can see that he's giving side eye to someone or something off screen. You're not sure hundred percent what it is. All of a sudden Kepka's rival arch rival comes behind him and walks by Deschambeau clicks and clacks his way by Kepka with his steel cleats. Now, if you don't know, Kepka does not think that DeShimbo should be wearing steel cleats on the course, or if he does, he should fix 
his cleat marks on the tee blocks and, and on the greens and so on and so forth when he's tearing up the course. So as DeChambeau is walking by, Kepka closes his eyes, pauses, and says, fuck, I lost my train of thought here in that bullshit. Fucking Christ. <laughs> so this is, like I said, this is a TV interview with the Golf Channel or whoever. Obviously, the interviewer, you know, he kind of starts chuckling and they're, you know, it's kind of one of those things where like, we're going to do this over again type thing. But uh, I thought it was pretty hilarious that this this story leaked out or this video leaked out and you get to see the real, you know, the real heads budding between these two guys. And obviously Kepka does not like DeChambeau whatsoever after seeing, after seeing this video. So of course this leaked video becomes viral and everybody sees it, including Mr. Bryson DeChambeau. So he sees the, the interview and then posts on, on Twitter on this video, you know, it says, Hey, at Brooks Kepka, it's nice to be living rent free in your head, which it is so funny that, you know, he is a hundred percent in Kepka's head. You know, he doesn't like him, but he can't even stand to look at him. He gets so flustered, can't finish an interview. And I just think it was fucking hilarious. I laughed and laughed and laughed. I played it over and over and over again. And I was on the floor laughing with this. Fuck, I lost my train of thought here and that bullshit. And then it's under his under his voice. Fucking Christ. And <laughs> <laughs> so, I saw it pretty funny if you haven't seen it go google it it is funny as hell look it up and uh and you'll see the absolute disdain that kepka has for bryson dishambo and i'm pretty sure it's just based on those steel cleats which is a crazy reason to be just hating it's more than that it's because he's he takes all these angles and everything like that for his approach shots and everything like that so he just doesn't like hearing the science like the cleats have something to do with it like he's ripping up the like you said, the golf course and the, the green and everything like that. But it also has something to do because he's because he he takes a, a scientific look at how he he plays the whole each hole and everything like that. And he's I thought I, I heard that he's like, I'm so sick of hearing that shit kind of thing like that of him just blabbering on because that's what he was doing in the background of that video was blabbing to whoever who was walking by with him was just he was talking about how he he does his approaches and everything like that, all these equations and and everything like that yeah or the uh, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line right so if bryson is and he, we've seen it he's gone over fucking forest that no normal guy would go over now he has the power to do it so he can get over that and i mean i can't blame the guy like i don't care if he takes a weird fucking angle at it a weird route if he is if he's getting to that fucking green quicker Go for it. Power to you, bud. Power to you. Yeah, exactly. So, so so Kepka also made some comments about his pace of play, though, which is one of the things that I think sort of started this whole feud, I guess we're going to call it that. Like, because he's a fucking mad scientist and he does it on every shot, Kepka was saying, like, he's taking like a minute and a half, two minutes to take a shot. And it's not that hard. You either have one club that may be a bit long or another club that might be a bit short. Pick one of them and go. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. So there's lots of there's lots of history to this little beef that's going on. It's fun to watch though. Yeah, it'd be it'd be awesome to have these guys actually face off or actually be paired. That that would be the best to be able to watch that round. If it was just on them, if these two were paired, I think it would be actually pretty good. That would be a hell of a round to watch for sure. If they got paired up, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. 
Anyway, so Kepka's, I guess, in my box this week for cursing on air, even though it didn't make it to air. It was just leaked for letting Bryson get in his head and living rent free in there. <laughs> anyway, Jesse, who's in your box this week? So I got Brandon Jacobs. He is trying to make a comeback like Tebow. He's switching positions as well. Now, Brandon Jacobs was a running back mainly for the Giants. He played a year with the 49ers. Uh, the guy is 6'4", 260 pounds, so he, and he played in nine NFL seasons, so he's been around for a while. The problem is the guy is 38, and he's trying to make a switch in the NFL to the other side of the ball, not even staying on the offensive side. He's moving to the defensive side. He wants to play defensive end. And there's a quote out there saying, there's no way Tebow or Tim Tebow is a better athlete than I am. And so I, I, lo- I checked out a picture of him and he's, he's still pretty ripped and everything like that. But I mean, when you play the running back position, you're pretty much useless after the age of 30, if, unless your name is Frank Gore. Gore! Like he, it's, it's kind of ridiculous to think that he can just switch like this looks like a midlife midlife crisis. <laughs> like that that that's what that's what I'm seeing here, kind of thing like that. It does it doesn't make any sense to me. And this is the reason why he's in my box is because he's just too old to be switching positions. Like Tebow's like 32, I believe, or something like that. Like he he still has an opportunity later on in his life. Like I'm I'm pretty sure I'm on the record saying I don't think this is gonna work, and I think this is all because of Urban Meyer and everything like that. But it's still hilarious to see Brand Jacobs think that he can play in the NFL at the age of 38, trying to switch to a position on the def- defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I think it's pretty fucking crazy too. Like, not just his age. The guy's a fucking monster. Like, I'm all right with the six four part, but a 240 pound, 260 DB or sorry, 260 pound DB. That's all. A- no, DN, not DB. Oh, sorry, I re- I misread that. I thought it was gonna be DB, and that would be fucking crazy if he was a DB. No, he wouldn't be near as fast enough to be there. There's not a- any DB at 38 year old, like unless you're Charles Woodson, you're scratching your head, kind of thing like that. Yeah, sorry, boys, that's my fault. I definitely I wasn't gonna challenge you on that. You you just popped out and popped back in. So uh, whatever. I'm not I'm not gonna give him for that, but like it, it's it just it just makes me laugh that he thinks that this that he can he can do this at this age. I, I think he's it could be like more or less on the same lines of because we've been talking about it for a week or two about Kaepernick not getting a job and maybe the racial implications are coming in here, but if he thinks he can play defensive end in the NFL, I would say give him a shot, but I think he's going to get injured right away. Yeah, there's no way. He won't be any good. Like, I, I doubt he would have been good when he was fucking 24. Right. It's not the position he plays. <laughs> That's right. If I had to choose between running back or defensive end, I would be a defensive end, personally. And because more money and because you'll last longer in the sport, but you have to have a talent to play the defensive end. You have yeah. to get to the quarterback. <laughs> we don't know that he has any – talent and getting to it's not gonna work no chance that's why he's in my box kev who's in yours i have to go with the pirates will craig on thursday the cubs versus the pirates during the third inning we have uh javier baez is at the plate with a runner on second with two outs baez with a routine grounder to the third baseman where eric gonzalez throws a ball that's i would say just a little offline which pulls craig off the base 
<laughs> and now, buddy, here we go. The fun starts to begin. Baez decides to sit there and go, oh, I'm going gonna to turn and start running back to home base. And this guy goes into a rundown where all he had to do is turn and touch the fucking bag. But no, he's going to sit there and continually do this rundown. If he would have ran quicker, he might have got him. Guy on third base decides, well, well what the fuck? I'm just going to go home. So does not uh, Will Craig kind of toss the ball lightly over to the, the catcher, which follows the ball. Guy gets home. First base is open. Catcher throws it to the second baseman that's just trying to cover first base, which bubbles the ball, goes into the outfield, which then he takes over his second base. So it's, it's baseball 101. You catch the ball and you touch the base if you're a first baseman. Well, Will Craig, bud, you deserve to be in my penalty box for this because I've never, ever in my life – Playing baseball, watching baseball, I've ever seen a rundown from first base to home base. It turned into a double. <laughs> yeah, which turned into a yeah. double with the two with the <laughs> two errors, one with the home plate and one tossing it the fucking first. The second baseman didn't catch. It wasn't an error at home base. It was just it was a mental error, but it wasn't an error. Oh, yeah, there we go. A mental error, error. It probably should order. have been though. You got to catch that fucking ball. Right. You also got to throw a better ball from as the first baseman. It's just, it's just mind boggling, man. I mean, fuck dude. All you had to do is, I mean, he granted pulled you off the base a little bit with having two outs, turn around and touch the fuck of first base and everything would have been fine. There would have been no runs, no errors, <laughs> but yeah, Will Craig, bud, you need to sit there and go back to baseball one oh one. So I watched the video of this and I said to myself as I was watching it, Oh, that was really fucking stupid. And then we jumped on this this podcast today, and we were doing a bit of pre-show. And you guys told me that there was two outs. I didn't realize there was two outs. I, I assumed because of what was happening that there wasn't. But that just makes it so much stupider that he could, like you said, he could have just turned around, touched the bag, inning over. Yeah, <laughs> inning over, <laughs> no runs at all. But I, because of this, this mind, mind fart or brain, brain fart is what I guess you would kind of put it, dude, man. Will, Will Craig, you're going to be on a blooper list for at least a good fifteen to twenty years. He said himself he'll be on a blooper reel for the rest of his life. <laughs> he didn't even take the interview after the game. Fuck you. Do you think I would take that interview? No. I definitely wouldn't. <laughs> After fucking up like that, no fucking well, I also heard that on the field, like, all his teammates were yelling at him, like, just touch first. <laughs> like, go to the bag. <laughs> Turn around, dummy. Oh, my God. But, yeah. Well, Craig, you'll forever be in, the, in baseball history in regards to a dumb shit fucking play. Yeah, it was, it was bad. Did you see Anthony Rizzo's fucking reaction to that? He was on the bench and he was laughing his fucking <laughs> ass off. Like he couldn't control himself. It was fucking hilarious. Uh, I know they all jumped up on top of the bench and they were just banging it like crazy. They're like, oh shit. <laughs> well, I mean, have you ever seen a pickle between first and home? No like, shit. I've never seen that. I've like, never ever seen a rundown from first to home. all you have to do is touch the bag. <laughs> every time (laughs) if it's like zero or one out there's a difference but like the the throw pulled him off the bag and muscle memory and what their coach is you just tag the guy 
But the fact is he yeah. ran home plate trying to get him in the pickle, like you were saying, Yosh. And, and then the guy, uh, I think it was Contreras from second, decided to keep going home kind of thing like that. Like, I wouldn't you? He had, I, I, they had to have practiced this. Like, this, like, I oh. I agree that, like, it was smart by uh, Bias, but it, it's crazy that uh, Contreras, like, you have to be a good base runner. And, like, sometimes you see some real goofs out there on the base bases, pads, For and sure. everything like that. But to to recognize what, what Javier Baez was doing was, was crazy because – Heads up, man. Like, he's a catcher. Just, he's not oh. fast. He's a catcher. He's not oh. fast. Like, he, he just – Goes and, and and literally steals a run. You think you ever see that again? No, not for a while. No, there's no fucking way. There, there can't be, man. I mean, it's an it's an automatic out. Just turn and touch the fucking base. Doesn't matter if you're going to a rundown. I mean, all you gotta do is turn and touch the fucking base. You're out. Do you think the third? Do you think the person on fucking third base would be rounding third to go home? No. It sounds simple, Kev. Step on the base, but evidently not. <laughs> Peter. <laughs> Who do you have in your box here? So I've got a few select NBA fans in the past week. So there was a guy who Westbrook, I think he rolled his ankle or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So he was uh, he was walking through the tunnel because he just rolled his ankle. So he's going off to the locker room to get checked out. And one of the fans in the building poured popcorn down on him as he went through the tunnel. The guy was directly above the tunnel. And so he poured popcorn on him, and Westbrook just fucking lost it. Oh, did he ever? Tried to get up in the stands. There was, there was a big group with him, though, that held him back. And he was quoted after as like saying, you know, you'll never do that to somebody walking down the street because you know what will happen. It's just stupidity. And I'm pretty sure that fan got banned for life, I think. Yeah, he was ejected right quick. Banning, I'm not sure. I would hope that they would ban yeah, his ass. Yeah, so just stupidity. In another game, Trey Young... It appears, and the video is a bit tough to follow, but it looks very much like he was spit on from a guy in the second row in the uh, courtside seats. Wow. Looks like he spit on fucking 50 Cent's girlfriend, too. So he, that guy better watch himself. <laughs> and that's just, that's fucking ignorant. In a pandemic, yeah, you can't, you can't be fucking spitting on people. No. That's just... Sure. So they were actually brought up if Trey Young was going to press like assault charges against this guy which he declined to do, but it's just stupid. And these two guys and just rowdy, reckless fans in general right now are in my penalty box because the privilege that you have to be able to be at a sports event right now is incredible. And to blow it by doing stupid shit like that is just blows my mind. So these guys and other idiots like them are in my penalty box for the week. Yeah, I can't agree more with you, Peter. Like, maybe it's a little different here for us because we have just been able to have our first bunch of fans in a Canadian building of any source there with uh, Saturday night's Leaf and Montreal game. But you know, there are more and more stadiums in the in the U.S. are opening up to some, if not all, fans again. So maybe it's less of a privilege to be there. But you're right. Like, it's ridiculous, especially the spitting. The spitting is crazy. Like you said, you're in a pandemic. Like, this is not something that a smart person would even fucking remotely think about. You know, the popcorn thing. Yeah, I get it. Dude, oh, no, man. I'm not spending fucking 13 to $18 <laughs> on popcorn and dump on that goddamn thing. Are you just fucking kidding me? 
Well, you, that's a good argument to. too, man. I didn't think of that one. <laughs> Usually it's a really big bag though, like more than you can eat. So, you know, there might've been right. something. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the little kernels on the bottom he was pissed off about that he couldn't actually get at and just dumped <laughs> it on him. I don't know. Yeah. Well, this might happen in uh player sa- safety later on now. Well, and so it should just because, because of COVID and everything like that. Yeah. Like you can't be doing that. Like they might have people not even come close to the entrances of where the the players go to leave or come in now because because of these incidents. It's like everything is you can get a disease like a deadly virus now and everything like that. Even if you are fully vaccinated, you could still get that right and puts you out your. It hurts your team. It hurts the player because there could be issues later on from COVID. And yet you're spitting and then throwing your popcorn, which you've touched with your hands, which would have been in your mouth kind of thing like that. Like, it's really stupid. And like, why are these guys allowed in here more or less? Like, I get like, maybe they have the vaccine or whatever, or they're fully vaccinated, but you can't be doing that shit. You can still transmit the disease at that point. I mean, even if it wasn't a pandemic, you don't fucking spit on people. That's just fucking ignorant. No, no. I mean, that'd be like a pure punch in the face in my mind. I agree. I agree, but I think they're going to put this in the player safety now because to protect the players and protect the I team. I don't think they will just because of the almighty dollar. Courtside seats are worth a hell of a lot of money and mm-hmm. they're not going to take them away because of this one incident. I doubt. Maybe they will, but I doubt. I'm not I'm not even thinking like courtside more or less. I'm just thinking like the the goofballs overhead when the when they head out of the arena more or less or they're, they're going to block off a lot of seats around there or they're going to have a lot of security around there. I just do what they did with the uh, Montreal Canadiens, man. They only threw them at one side of the fucking garden. That was it. They're on one side, everything else was just the ads and stuff on the uh, seats. You just put them to one side. They're that's, away from everybody. Yeah, that's still not going to stop idiots from doing stupid shit. I mean, I guess if they don't have access to them, but does the NHL still roll out like a tarp for the opposing teams when they come out of the tunnel? I think so. You know how they, they, they used to put like I that awning over, right? To get ejected, yep. yeah. the tunnel. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And, and they were the first uh, league to do that. And I'm wondering now if maybe the NBA would maybe follow suit. I realize that that tunnel is a little larger in the NBA as opposed to just a hallway where the, where the uh, hockey players come out. But I wonder if maybe that's something that they could look at doing. That's not super cost, you know, like it's not a huge cost to put a little awning tent type thing over that area. And that would at least... Yep, you have two people standing there. Right, and it would at least protect it from the popcorn incident. It wouldn't, it's not going to prevent the spitting incident yeah. being yeah. on courtside. But, but the popcorn incident, at least that's done and over with. You wouldn't have to deal with that. Buddy can throw his popcorn all he wants. He's going to hit the fucking tarp and be done with it, right? Yeah, I mean there there was there was like a canopy thing there. It just had a hole, and Buddy fucking timed it perfectly for right when Rester presented the <laughs> hole. <laughs> so they might fix that, but yeah, I don't know. They probably do something to avoid that. And some of these fans too, with this uh, Trey Young. I mean, granted, yeah, you're balding, but you don't need to fucking yell it out there. Fans are just pure fucking evil to these players, man. You're not evil pure to evil. fucking players. I'm fucking evil Me? when I'm at a game, man. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind chirping as long as it doesn't get yeah. off the line, get fucking racial or fucking oh. stupid. Is that not crossing the line? No. Trey, you're we all oh, ball. Man. No? No? Fuck, I remember telling right. fucking Gerard Dyson that a fucking Dyson vacuum picks up more balls than he does. <laughs> 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 I 
right. I'm just saying, I, I just feel for the guy because I'm balding. Okay, like that's what I'm getting at, man. I mean, it's just, it's not, it's not, it's not fun to be sit there and just told that you, you got the obvious. Yeah, I'm balding. I feel like you've been chirped too many times about that, and that's yeah, why you're, you're, you're a little fucking yeah. sore spot, yeah. sore spot. Yeah. Damn right. It's yeah, sensitive but, subject for sure. I, for Kev. I feel you, Trey. I feel you. <laughs> Sorry, Kev. He's a way better basketball player than you ever were. Um, or, or, or could have been. Whether he's going ball or not, it doesn't matter. But it was the only white guy on my team that could dunk. Now, how high was the hoop and how wide was <laughs> the hoop and how big was the ball? All standard NBA sizes. Are you sure it was an NBA ball? I, I doubt, doubt I that. Doubt we were not using women's basketball when we played basketball in high school. Yeah, but NCAA doesn't use NBA size. The rim is still the same size yeah, as the every rim. other rim in the NBA. Anywhere outside, it's like 18 inches or, as you say, 56.5 inches round. <laughs> every single one. We're not talking about a hoop, man. We're talking about the ball. You probably played with an NCAA ball, I bet. In high school, you probably did. Could have been. Maybe. I, I, I could still palm it. I mean, I could palm a fucking woman's ball better than I could palm the the my, like the ball that we used. Well, I think I could fucking palm as a softball, man. I got tiny hands. <laughs> Whoa. Go in line with that. <laughs> you know what they say about tiny hands. Tiny gloves. Tiny gloves, yeah, tiny gloves. All right, Peter, we didn't have too many challenges this week, but uh, catch us up. Yeah, just a couple. So there was James Harden's age, which I really didn't try to bait you into, but apparently it happened. He was 31. So you both blew that. Or 35. Yeah, so Kevin and Josh lost a point on that one. And then there was uh, Kia Nurse playing for the New York Liberty. I know she doesn't play for the fucking Liberty, man. Well, allegedly, you don't. (laughs) I know. <laughs> so that was a plus one for Josh and a minus one for Kev. So Peter on the season is plus eight. Jesse stays at a plus two. Josh is neutral on the day, so he stays at minus four. And Kev, you dropped down two, so you know what? Minus eight. Minus nine, bud. Minus nine. What? Could have been a oh challenge there. Like 31. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yay. Kev, you got to. That's okay. You got to straighten up. I don't know what else to tell you. That's okay, man. I, I have no problem fucking buying dinner and booze, whatever. You need the line to be on the show. It's about so the need, pride. Man, I need some help. <laughs> Fuck the line. I'm good without that guy. <laughs> like I say we got a big spread here between the plus eight and the minus nine for our scores here. We really need to uh, we need to knock Peter down and Kev. Somehow you need to bring yourself up here, man. You're gonna have to either play really good in the next round of golf or no, oh, next round of golf for sure. I mean, I, I just say I, I'll even put fucking ten dollars on this game around that we're doing next, Ooh. and I'll beat you all. Whoa, whoa, fucking whoa. big spender, high roller, big bets, big bets. Jesse looks fucking extremely uncomfortable with that. Because <laughs> Jesse's gonna lose as per usual. Yeah, man. At least I'm not negative nine. Hey, Ooh. but you can still be negative whatever on golf. That's fine. I by hope me, I'm but negative something in, in golf. I'm love to be super happy at that. I'd love to be a this plus whole eight. Time, this whole time <laughs> we go out as a foursome or, or whatever, Jesse, you will never beat me. <laughs> Ever. Wow. I'll put that Ever. But shit I'll put that on the tracker. You put that on the tracker because Jesse will never beat me as we play golf this year. That's Ever. not what you're saying two different things. Well, 
Yeah, which one is which? Ever, ever, or it's, this year? It's ever. This year. This year. No, no, Jesse no. Will not no, no, no. Me. I'm writing down ever. Ever. <laughs> this uh, hot take is going to be a while going unless Jesse beats him next week. Well, I can see Jesse just getting spidey and just like getting all kinds of golf lessons, all new sure. clubs, fucking tons of practice. <laughs> come out, beat Kev. Stomps us no. all. <laughs> That's the only thing that he can brag about is, oh, you can be me at golf. That's it's the only thing you got, bud. Yeah, I'll destroy you at golf all the time. Destroy <laughs> me. <laughs> like, <laughs> what did you finish at the last time we played? What, 116? I, I, I was close to you. I was close to you on the first nut, or the front nine. Oh, what did I finish off at? 110? Oh, let me just grab the card here, gents. If you guys really want to get into this, you shot a 58 Kev on the front nine. Jesse had a 55, so he beat you there. Boom. Overall, Jesse had a 116. Kev, you had a 110. Yep. Yeah, man. Oh, I, I only I only play nine holes. <laughs> it's only it's only <laughs> you guys I play 18 with. <laughs> so you're you're you get tired. That's what you're saying. I get tired and way <laughs> too drunk. Yeah, wasted. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Speaking about getting wasted, Jess, how was your drink? It was delicious. I like the collective arts here. Number 16, International Women's Day for Elderflower and Grapefruit IPA. I enjoyed it a lot. It was good. Don't forget to get those songs off that fucking uh, can, bud. I think we've had collective arts three weeks in a row now. Kev, you had them last week, Jess this week, and the week before, I think I had it. So collective arts becoming a nice favorite. What, what's uh, what's the numbers you guys, do you guys remember the numbers you had? Because I only remember mine. 15. I just happen to have the cans right here. <laughs> I, I don't clean up much. <laughs> mine was the uh, the surreal. I think it had the skull one on it. That was yeah, the, was the audio visual was what he had. Yeah. So. All right. I, we don't, I had we one too earlier on. Might have been a number eight. Oh. I don't know. Fan favorite here on PMB. They are delicious, yeah. for sure. They are. And they don't even sponsor us yet. Damn it. Yet. Peter, how was your drink? Uh, it was good. The uh, Thornbury Beer Company Clark is in session. Session IPA with a pig on the can. Oink, oink. It was, uh, it was really good. It didn't taste like bacon, which I don't know if I expected it to or not. But, you know, half a thought it might. But uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, how was your drink? Nah, you know the original Bush here was just as good as those norm. I mean, I enjoy it just as well as my MVP. Love the MVP. It's a good beer. I don't mind it at all. So you just didn't you didn't go uh, to the LCBO this week, pretty much? Not at all, man. I mean, I've already done six beers here while this episode was going on. So I don't know what the fuck you guys did, but I'm pretty twisted. Yeah, but they're they're, they're light beers. Six of them, bud. I mean, I think I had like nine all day. It's like drinking water, bud. Sorry, sorry. Ten <laughs> with uh, going to buy a, going by a, a friend's place to pick up something I left behind. So, Idiot. yeah, <laughs> fucking right I am. So, Yoshi, in regards to the six or ten that I basically had all day today, how was your drink? Well, I haven't had that many beers, but my Chevchenko 9, my repeat beer from Forefathers Brewery just out of Cambridge was excellent. I really like this stuff. I remember I first 
I didn't. And then I took three sips and I was like, oh, fuck, I'm dumb. This is good. And so I do like this Ukrainian Dunkel. It's really nice. Uh, I'm not much of a dark kind of lager guy. I'm a dark beer guy. But for some reason, this one hits all the right spots for me. And I really enjoy it. So uh, cheers to Forefathers. Cheers to Chevchenko. And, uh, you know, cheers to you guys, too. Thanks, bud. All right. So for everyone here at PNP, that's points and penalties, in case you didn't know. We want to thank you all for listening. Please subscribe wherever you get your pods. Give us a like and a follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Points Penalties. And until next week, stay stay out out of the the penalty penalty box. box.